So we're back for Say When 3, Doctor Who podcast. Um, Hedge Mendel. Sarah Wan. And <laughs> we are joined, we are grateful to be joined by a special guest. I'm Kay. Um, and my favourite line from Doctor Who is, the beast will rise from the pit and make war with God. Johnny P. Good content. Um, yeah, when, <laughs> when did that happen? Um... It's uh, it's in the Impossible Planet when um, uh, Rose is getting served sort of rations by this Ood who's been very um, servile and polite, and then the uh, communication thing gets hijacked by the Beast, and in the same polite voice, just uh, in the middle of sort of dishing out beans and regulation stores, says says those words. Oh uh, yeah, the devil possibly is in the centre of the planet. Mm. I remember it now. Who at its metaphysical best? Um, but season finale, it was quite good. <laughs> quite good. I'd say it was Is quite good. I was um, hmm. I did like it. I liked moments of it. I really, I really liked it, and I was, I was leaning forward in some of the action. Um, but I never would have got into. What, what struck you? Anyone struck by anything? A free-for-all? I thought structurally it was quite similar to It Takes You Away in terms of having lots of ideas being quite fragmented. Um, and you could easily see it as being kind of messy, but I actually quite liked that. I, I realised only after watching it again that there was this strange sense that a lot of the action of the story had already happened. Like, the mm. battle, it wasn't about a battle, it was the the aftermath of several battles that we actually missed and we're kind of in the sort of traumatised after effect of all of this violence and sort of coming in at the last moment like and also you know all of these civilizations because they were wearing planets of like the little crystals um which was like the beast had already been killed <laughs> it, was a, it was a strange sort of like la- final the last battle just to end I don't know I always like how the stakes shift and um, are the biggest causes of one. Although, yes, that is weird that it's been so much time. (laughs) Did you feel disappointed? You say that like you've been disappointed before. Well, yeah, sometimes you think that the stakes are going to be something less within your character, maybe. The Um, the stakes were high, as always. Just throw Earth in there as the disposable object. And they kept continuously like whether they're going to stay together as a team. Mm. Mm. That kept it interesting for me. What about threads being resolved or continued to some extent? So your theory that Yasmin and the Doctor are at some point going to head off together. Don't don't call it my theory. (laughs) No, no, but in the last 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 episode you were saying your hopes were actually one of them was that because Yasmin and the Doctor working together Yasmin as the kind of true companion yes the most companion-y to them and and Graham and and Graham and Ryan as the true (laughs) as the true sort of family that are going to be they're going to resolve their grief together and find that hope in each other um mm. Mm. so the big dramatic moment is the revenge plot Mm. and Graham's 
sudden desire to get revenge for Grace's death, and then sudden turnaround and deciding to only just shoot Sinshaw in the leg. Spoilers. Yeah. And and the doctor's <laughs> very immediate. Go back to the town. Yeah. I liked it. I mean, don't I don't like what she says. If you kill him, you're the same as him. That's a broad, <laughs> yeah. a broad comment. Um, I didn't like that, but um, I was kind of on Graham's side in the in what happened there. I was like, <laughs> <laughs> I was kind of like yeah, kind of. But so, what what is it about revenge plots in a kind of I'm going to say neoliberal entertainment industry like product? There's something about like people really really want to kill someone to get revenge, but then they have to do, either do the higher thing, or they they just do it and it's like, because um, I feel like it was displayed with all of those from kind of bigger tougher Hollywood films, but then it it was Doctor Who it had to be put him in life imprisonment mm. instead because mm. he's a better that's, man. That's better. <laughs> that was it. That was the conclusion. I don't know. Maybe we're getting ahead of ourselves. I, I, there was a sense that they could. There was these nine distress signals coming from the planet, and Graham was like, "Why do they have to go?" <laughs> and then the doctor said, "You kill the Admiral Nelson." Like it's very, um, very thirteen kind of thing. Mm. Um, you're gonna be. We we help people out. And so they arrive. In and so the planet looks like. I thought this was a callback across the entire history of Doctor Who in that it looks like a quarry so it looks it has that kind of rocky um looks like they've gone from Wales or something like that or something wherever it was um and I, I quite like that because <coughs> some of those quarries actually I realised from the old series do look quite good so although it's a joke that Doctor Who use a quarry to stand in for <laughs> any planet it actually looks I think the quarry looks better than ever here it probably, it probably wasn't actually designed for any kind of high value and also malevolent, malevolent quarry, malevolent, malevolent quarry, malevolent planet with this, I thought it was a really exciting um, detail and potentially massive disruptor or shaper of the plot that it had to be hypertrophic. <laughs> yeah, it didn't really manifest itself, Not at I all. felt, because they even have to take off the inhibitor thing mm. and the only reason they have to do that is because they just don't have enough like they could have had two spare easily they mm. did have one spare yeah so waste i will say it wasted a wasted opportunity for some 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 proper angst I yeah. Feel. yeah 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 but perhaps that was i mean i was trying to kind of talk myself away around why they didn't you know why they didn't follow that up but i mean that just was a good i mean it's that wasn't really the point it was just it just therefore it's like strange like a, another like suspended threat just just hanging above them that never actually happened like the most that everyone's going ow mm. ow i feel a bit sick <laughs> was kind of the extent of that what would have happened next what would the planet's cytotrophic waves have done you would, they would have ended up like high traffic mm. you wouldn't remember their name who they were and they mm. were they're lost lost forever um and so they land on another ship that has turned out to be fully functional but just there and meet Tata any thoughts on this I thought the set was great <laughs> like the lights were beautiful yeah but in fact as a set and lights extravaganza this was <laughs> extravaganza 
But with the finale in visual, mm. it's not a festival But one long, kind of glorious interior. <laughs> there was always a light in, in the nice chest. What about the little whirring planet things? I love mm. that they looked really cheap. Yeah, yeah, they looked really light. They looked like you could just throw them around. <laughs> really, they were. <laughs> <laughs> it reminded me of like a very nineties naughty like festival when everyone had to carry bags. <laughs> I was mm. like, and when the doctor actually turned it into a backpack, I was like. Would it have been better if they were kind of glass and really heavy, the cameras? But there was the thing about density. They should if they were impossible um, objects, that it should have been the possible things that they are in some way. Mm. The I liked how much the Doctor liked them as trinkets, just to put them where he realised that they are, not that they were necessary. Yeah, because you have the possibility of shrinking a planet down to that size that would be so dense that you'd merely have some kind of black hole. <laughs> but instead, you have... I'm just going to jump in with my mm. main c confusion slash this is actually a really um, intriguing idea that um, the Doctor apparently sent Kinshaw back to his planet but she didn't and sent him into exile but we've never quite cleared up whether she did that on purpose as a punishment because he brainwashed him he punished him and sent him there but she said that she sent him back to his home planet and that was just never that tension was never acknowledged or did she actually just send him there and say that she did punish him and say that she sent him back to him I just thought she did she wasn't quite in control of where she sent him at the end of the first episode that's how I read it yeah I think what we're supposed to believe is that you know given the information that was there it, it, it's supposed she's supposed to have thought that she sent him back there um, because that would be the coordinates that were on the technology mm. but but he didn't and he had this idea of um, uh, universal providence mm. and said the universe <laughs> provides you know um, and, uh, and and gave him the opportunity for um, uh, spectacular events by donating uh, the existential crisis one that doesn't really get to the the doctor he really wants her to feel huge things and angst and pain. But I don't mm. think that, I don't know whether that was an acting choice or merely like she she refused him hostilities because at one point she said, you don't get to put this on me, just no. Mm. Good boundaries. Mm. Yeah, well, mm, yeah. <laughs> yeah, she just says, I didn't mean it like that. Yeah. Yeah, it's good. I wrote down the dialogue. Um, uh, she's like, uh, every action has consequences. And then he said, "Is he yours, Doctor?" Which is and she said, "No, I didn't mean it like that." <laughs> Which is very, do but isn't that very do doctory? Actually, like being above the, because she talks. They talk a lot about law, like mm, the laws yeah. of the universe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, we can. I mean, we could do it now. Yeah. But I think what like there is a sense of what the laws of the universe are. The un I think like the most the most obvious unwritten one is don't commit genocide not that the doctor hasn't done that before um and then Kinshaw says I'm rewriting the laws of the universe um by by allying the powers of the arcs with the technology of the stranger which is great for kind of abomination the truth mm. 
the ox. Very controversial. <laughs> I, I feel like you didn't you didn't mm. like them, or you weren't sure about them. I wasn't sure about them. <coughs> Why are they so gullible? <laughs> I mean, maybe that's just part of their goodness. I thought, I thought doubt was quite a major reference quite a lot because he built the younger one first. I call it building doubt in secret. I've been teaching you for seventeen years. Mm. You call it teaching it. Building doubt, a very under. I thought that that self, the younger character, mm. was more, far more interesting than and really underused as like someone who mm. is, has slightly more um, nuance and insight and all of that, and just sort of sort of. But therefore, was kind of chained to this very crucifix-like mm. machine in order to suffer and mm. um, sort of be enslaved. So they seem to be the sole vehicle for this kind of popular theology mm. and what people like Walter mm. Hughes kind of thing that it's a kind of thing that we want children and particularly maybe not children to um, learn about the more we learn the less we realise we know and, and the world is not to be understood and we experience and, and so on um, I, I didn't like when the doctor was trying to persuade them um, about um, the fact that Tim Shaw is not God, um, and um, like it applies this sort of crass atheism, saying, um, you know, no, you're the creator, but they believe the whole thing is that they they believe in a creative uh, God, mm. so that's not really like I mean in the like um, world moral universe of the show, like yes, but it's at the, at the expense of actual plausibility. Because why would you use that as a persuasion technique? Why would you undermine the entire existence of God, like just to say that that person is not God? She did it much better when she just said, "How could he know me? Why is he, you know, this is your deity, and yet he has this very like um, clearly like a fascination or fixation on me that isn't that does not line up with your theology?" And that seemed like a, a better way to undermine like the false God. But like they just had to put that line in. <laughs> You know where everything's kind of, but and yet there is this uh, underlying transcendent uh, morality that the doctor appeals to, and yeah, is enshrined in this idea of every known law of the universe. Um, and I, the, yeah, the cop logic really came to the fore at multiple points when they land on the ship. Um, they, the, 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 the refurbished TARDIS has the, the lettering on the front even more clear and they say we respond to urgent calls um, and yeah then like, like you said they sentence him to life it, it's odd actually that um, that is a ref that responding to urgent calls is a reference maybe to um, one of the earlier Peter Capaldi episodes where um, where Jill the companion reads the, the, the letter on the the words on the TARDIS and says that's why the Doctor is always helping people but I don't know, it's, I just thought that was mm. I think you're right but also I just think that was almost like to reinforce that actually that's far more, like the fact that the TARDIS is a police box is suddenly important when was it actually just meant, was it always just meant to be a kind of joke for it to be this kind of apparent form of authority when actually it's just the Doctor who's kind of a chaotic force mm. and I think yeah it's almost like I was just thinking of all the memes that are called Thirteen a Disaster last year. <laughs> <laughs> but also like it kind of isn't a disaster a disaster piece. 
poses a lot of um kind of as you say like definitely like narrowing down the options of like the way she talks about it's like oh you're so cool and you're just a jewish beauty student you achieve this amazing thing but that's what she's rooted in as you say like you're the amazing thing and complete What about Tim Schur then? He talks a lot in a lot of exposition of him just narrating in a very good, actually voice. Mm-hmm. And yet, not too negative. But the the whole track, you know, yeah. he's he's had thousands of years to lay, is you know, there's there's some sort of plaintive robot soldiers mm. around. Yeah. Who who's not <laughs> really there at the right time or place? You know. Yeah. Perhaps that's hubris. He didn't. He didn't. Did he? I don't think he expected the doctor to. It's never suggested that he lured the doctor there, is it? I don't know. Is it? I thought it kind of was. I mean, maybe. Yeah. I mean, I guess the distress signals. But I mean, also. Oh yeah. I mean, yeah. That could also. I just thought that sort of found that actually very, like the the additional. Because like he doesn't want to kill her. Oh, so the revenge is just killing. Uh, yeah. yeah. I don't know, but I mean, that's just me yeah. not re- like understanding the the fact that Lois is still kind of mad that he just killed her. I don't that find would make more sense. yeah. I don't find Tim Shaw particularly like engaging a villain. I find I think that's something that I find frustrating about this is that mm. and it's quite difficult to create that much of a level of threat and, and guilt too. It's still quite rough. The terror is all the same. I just yeah, I never quite I never quite felt like Tim Shaw being Yeah, I'm not quite sure. I don't know what what was missing. It but by bringing him back at the end and having him do this whole revenge arc pro- provides this kind of counterweight to Liam having to like deal with his grief for Grace and Grace's kind of reappearance in lots of the episodes which he then has these but it, the finale is therefore some kind of emotional finale of revenge and grief. And I quite like that aspect. I feel in that way it was kind of like Graham's episode and not mm. yeah. anyone else's. Um, which m- would make sense, but actually hasn't, because the series has kind of leaned towards that storyline as it's like grounding, grounding Fred as well as boosting him to perfection. It's probably one of the best examples of the companions doing something really independently mm. and successfully. Mm. Mm. And, and also, I noticed, and maybe this is just me being unnecessarily detail-oriented, but twice, um, the companions are like, Doctor, we need your help. The one time <laughs> she's like, I'm busy, yes, and I'm doing such a other time that um, Graham and Brian want to know what's happening. She's a bit tied up right now. She's just like, well, she definitely trusts them at this point because she just says, my friends are going to look around your ship and lets them kind of... Let's them do the sort of the technical stuff while she focuses on um, making sure they don't get shot by a very um, stunted man. So, is it? Can we return to neoliberalism? Neo- yeah. grappling with revenge plots. Um, <coughs> it's kind of a it's kind of interesting one which I hadn't actually thought about because it features so so ubiquitous in serialized action films superhero films um so what's it what is it really about it's almost like some kind of sense of uh, a leviathan like force in humans which is needs to be checked by kind of law and morality and kind of networks of 
institutional <laughs> life. Well, um, Tim Shaw says it's what every living creature wants. Mm. And then it was like, well, <laughs> like, mm. revenge, which I think is a surprising answer, but obviously helped by their stepfather. Um, but isn't there always a sense that Graham's revenge is, is always too late and too little? Like he says there's some greater point to be alive. Mm-hmm. Um, because I think that's when there's that conversation between um, Ryan and Graham as they're walking through the through the ship and um, mm. Ryan is trying to convince Graham that this is not what Grace would have wanted and then Graham's answer is well Nan would want to, to be alive but I think, so I think there's always a sense that the revenge wouldn't actually satisfy anything it's a sort of a paltry thing to do to try and say that you did something I'm not sure I don't think it was ever set as the answer and it was always set up as wrong I guess that line is also a callback to the last episode. Um, Grace Grace says something like that. Hmm. Yeah, could you say more about that, the diary meaning of Liverpool, the individual uh, um, revenge for just taking something out of hand, even violence, versus um, just like mirroring the situation? Um, <laughs> I think... <laughs> Not <laughs> I, I need to think about it. Yeah. <laughs> um, hmm. So I think um, the, this trope of the of revenge in action films and in sci-fi as well as um, has something to do with the kind of liberal view of of violence in society. I guess violence in groups amongst groups of people, which is going to be in this view always there and therefore needs to be exercised into a legal framework where it is almost a sacrificial one. Um, and in fact, yeah, the idea of being imprisoned for life for Tim Shaw um, is like the perfect liberal outcome. Um, well, it's a taste of his own medicine, but not the medicine that you don't want, the medicine that will actually kill you. <laughs> because it's his own it's his own creation that mm. the stasis chambers which the doctor sort of assumes um but she's happy to mm. <laughs> i mean mm. i don't i always feel like she does but i always feel like actually the doctor the doctor has an interest but the doctor doesn't make that decision the doctor is elsewhere dealing with controlling the outcome yeah. so that really is down to like ryan and graham to make this to make this right choice I do like the bit when the doctor was like, don't quote my rules back to me, they change all the time. Um, and kind of this sense of, is she just like a soft, <laughs> I can't explain, but I think I'm thinking of all like the criticism of different people, right, of the doctor. She's not a leader, she can't issue a threat and things, and things like that. And I wondered if like, how much does this, when she's talking to um, Graham and says, can't have you travel with me if you do this. Um, I'm just trying to think how that lines up to does she think of herself the authority for this oracle because she's mm. done this war because she has literally done that before. Mm. The thing I was saying is that um, the first of the ten episodes is the Christmas episode where some kind of um, creatures want to take over the earth and the tenth doctor has to duel with the leader um, and they kind of fight at cliff edge. Um, but then he allows the, the enemy to live 
Mm. But then the alien kind of rises up as if to kill, to kill the Doctor again, and he throws this clementine at a button, and every a hump misses no second chance. And that kind of moment, um, which I thought was like a the opposite of what the Doctor would say, which is isn't a case of you know you've done wrong and now you've done wrong again and we're going to punish you. She doesn't really. I don't. I don't understand. Like she recognizes that the genocide was abhorrent and yet doesn't actually offer a solution. Doesn't or doesn't have to. Like the writing doesn't leave that hanging. So it's almost like actively choose. Alleviate it of that of that choice and that mm. no matter how much you've been pushing our moral high ground and our moral position when it comes down to it. I think, although I guess the sense is that it is with her, it's his, that is the approval that they need to continue traveling together to catch her into the next dimension. She's the inhuman and she depends on the human in the form of Graham, Graham and Ryan to actually enact some kind of human justice. <laughs> so if you kill someone, you're as bad as them, but if you use their stasis technology mm. to imprison them, then you're better than them. Is my... <laughs> Moral conclusion. <laughs> um, okay, I'm gonna try and tease out like one other parallel dimension to this set of contradictions. I think uh, when when the the doctor says, um, uh, you know, you know, it's like I do bring weapons sometimes. It's not the point. It's not a hard and fast rule. No weapons. You know, it's got this deeper meaning to it. Um, it, it explains really well to Ryan, who likes quite likes fear. Um, or like, yeah, um, being said out loud. Um, but uh, the, the Kinsaw seems to be a vehicle for this, you know, idea of sort of solving everything with violence or or establishing violence as the um, uh, um, premise for everything um, as this sense-making thing. And um, at that point, you know that it's not going to succeed because that's how it goes um and yet um you know um if you read Totkin then maybe you think that um you know all law is based on violence you know there's only kind of customs and um things which make sense to people in their immediate environment and community and experience and then on top of that there's the law which like sucks those things up but also maintains um social order protects the social order so, yeah, but I feel like it's a necessary state that, you know, children have to watch this, um, people have to watch this thing and, 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 and like, agree with that, and then maybe they can learn to challenge that. But I think it's almost, that's, that's less, I mean, I was thinking we could look at every, everything that the Doctor says in the episode, which we could just frame as, um, upholding the law or deciding what. Um, the law is in this case maybe also kind of points to like the doctor actually just having a re- like far more power and control than everyone else and like actually rem- like her position being quite ambiguous because it's like in this situation this appears to be the best way to maintain like order and harmony that's the alien um, but we don't really know I don't know it's like it's like trying to maintain like the TARDIS, t- the TARDIS team as a family and maintaining their um we punish genocide, but I don't know. I don't know. I don't know how. Like, I believe that what she said in this episode stretched out widely across all of the incarnations of Ethan's institution. I wasn't. I wasn't really 
sure if anything would clarify if it was just like for the sake of this particular situation this thing changed but then there's way that I'm thinking she's like whether I wasn't sure whether she actually had sent pictures to the planet that mm-hmm. was that, that actually she was you know she's actually just tam- like made her own decision about what 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 she did but I also at that point was like Pinto actually being a threat is when she's on the like communicating thing and she's she's really annoying is mostly what she says about Pinto the kind of person who really irritates me where he actually isn't she has an issue that there is a personality type mm. that she dislikes yeah but the genocide is almost yeah, like yeah. yeah like but I suppose again that's a very like doctor like trait to be pissed off with someone's like claiming to have superiority over her but she's like you just you don't know this you don't know <laughs> I'm trying to think of other examples where the Doctor has made like massive decisions for uh, humanity or not. I can't think. Like I'm listening to you or anyone else. Please. Um, what's that one on the moon with an egg? <laughs> oh, you've been dying to reference the moon being an egg. So let's do it. <laughs> well, this is a key moment for humanity because it made everyone look up at the moon and then kind of saw the moon hatch. The dragon flew away and then the new moon was born. And the egg, and uh, humanity began its space flight program in meeting an optimistic mood. Um, so there's that. But <laughs> in relation to the law, in relation to the doctor, <laughs> um, <laughs> in relation to the law, <laughs> um, can the law stretch to other planets? That's the key moment of the film. Well, there clearly was some kind of judicial process because there was the Congress of the Nine Planets where they decided to go and go into battle and they all completely failed and retrieve mm. a retrieve the panels or something. There was some kind of like due process that was was gone through that the doctor literally coming in to complete like that that process was disruptive by the actual planet itself disrupting one of the the leader of the call that they actually successfully manipulated mm. and the doctor comes with neural balances oh, yeah. to restore mm-hmm. order um neural balances are su- i found these such a frustrating device even though obviously like they're really useful for the plot and sometimes you just need something like that for the story mm. to go on with i found them like such a dampen image of high escape which is i feel like i just don't know why I guess I guess without them it would just be angsty come out and maybe everyone would have maybe been a far few higher deaths if it hadn't been for them. Um, if I was gonna um, respond to that while continuing to write the same copy uh. board, I would <laughs> say that it's interesting that the balances you know they work across species, mm-hmm. so there is this transcendent logic. Um, uh, which uh, being on a kind of fuzzy wuzzy planet, you know, it <laughs> seems tough. Like you can just turn on the AC down slightly, just take it right. Neural balance, like no. Yeah. So, um, and what is that logic? Well, you know, I, the 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 doctor lives, is alive, at now in twenty eighteen. Mm. Maybe this will be broadcast in twenty nineteen. <laughs> um, in which case, um. <laughs> But um, so um, uh, and and obviously centered in you know um, uh, in England um, and and so so is whatever nine hundred and such years old in Earth years at uh, that that time Earth 
lukewarmly supporting this pairing. I didn't actually know it was a pairing. Because <laughs> it was adopted facial lukewarm. expression. I'm not, I'm, I'm not lukewarm about the concept. I'm just like, I, like the outside conditions of it make me really unhappy. You're not, you're not shipping. I can't ship because of the IQ report. Yeah. And the doctor said I was like walking well into it. <laughs> it was all pretend. But, um, and they, and they also explained the organic and mm. merge you, merge to merge way. <laughs> mm. I mean, yeah, it doesn't do much. That, that moment's very reminiscent of Rose in Doomsday, the finale of the second series, oh, yeah. the first day of the Tenet series, um, when um, she's supposed to go to the um, parallel universe but stays behind mm. to help with opening the rift to get rid of her Cybermen and Dalek proves to be crucial in doing that but then also just then ends up um, disappearing from the rift anyway um, and uh, there's that reveal at the end of that second, second yeah. chapter definitely mm. not there for me. Yeah. I'm with you, whatever happens. I made my choice a long time ago. I'm never yeah. going to leave you. I know that's weird. I mentioned it okay, before and I remembered it. Which in the Doctor Who universe could mean I'm going to be your companion or I'm going to die soon. <laughs> like either or. Um, but I think obviously they've got to have at least this head tilt towards Ryan coming down that he left them, which I think was very nicely done mm-hmm. by the actor. It was beautifully done. Yeah. So, so nice. It was beautifully done. I, I, I think that Tracy Cole is, like, so good. Mm-hmm. <laughs> He's always, like, working so hard, um, even in the background of being Mercy. Um, <laughs> <laughs> there's a point in the Arachnid episode when she's doing shadow puppets on yeah. the wall. Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> and isn't that, isn't in the, in the um, witch trials uh, one where he... He just makes a joke to himself and just laughs and sort of cheers himself. No one notices. It's <laughs> just beautiful. Um, so, so I think like, you know, they they work together and they do an amazing thing by um, releasing all of the of the hostages completely mm. unaided, mm. basically, and like do kind of do the doctor's job, like use his self appointed job for her. The doctor is kind of distracted, doing this, trying to sort out a technicality in the other room. Yeah, so we've gone from last in the last episode between September season two. So from we've gone from the name to this time actually saying I love you, and then yeah, he does that amazing like looking. He says it, and then suddenly like looks to one side. It's great. It's like yeah. Don't pay too much attention to that. (laughs) (laughs) It's just the strength of it. But also that's manipulative in the context of making sure that Graham doesn't do the bad thing. Mm. I love you, therefore don't, um, don't, like, ruin my love for you or bring yourself down in my estimation or, like, become the criminal. You know, that's just, it's an implicit, mm. like, you are risking my love <laughs> by doing this. Or unless I'm busy. It's just kind of, like, we're, like, uh, family, mm. chosen family thing that they, mm. like, mm. made, mm. um, that mm. they're in this life together forever and, mm. um, Writers don't ruin what you've got. We've got because you're angry. Mm. Just kind of like your nap out of my hall. <laughs> don't wake up in the morning and let me know. Listen, uh, <laughs> but yeah, it is quite touching, and they are definitely like a family in a way that a healthy family can go off and do their own thing. 
and mm. that began at the end of the day. <laughs> Healthy family can go off and release sausages <laughs> <laughs> by themselves. <laughs> Do you, I don't know, I mean, I feel like because it's the finale, I want to ask you all of these questions, like, what does it all mean? Were there any, th- <laughs> <laughs> were there any threads, okay, this is my experience, were there any thre- threads from earlier in the series that we thought were going to be resolved or referenced and just got, didn't? Anything? Anything that you're waiting for that didn't happen? And I don't mean fashion, because that wasn't fashion. No. Um, I, th- mm, I thought maybe it would end Zack and Sheffield. That was, which was fine. I also thought that Yasmin would have a bigger, and do something bigger at the end. But also, that kind of also seemed fine. I think companion, being the trustworthy companion, No. I mean, the fact that there was a thread at all in the form of the stranger mm. is, you know, perhaps more than, like, I might have hoped for. Mm. Mm. Yeah, or like, mm. I was, you know, thinking this was most likely this one. Um, mm. Apart from the fact that the stranger came back in the second episode, when he was talking to the thing, so I thought, oh, we're going to get more of this, and then nothing. Oh, yeah. And then this, which is clever, because it's got Ethan part then. And that, yeah. you know, well, I don't know. We haven't we haven't faced the entire stranger civilization yet, but maybe that'll come up yeah, in the future. Maybe, but I guess also I, th- um. I thought that, like the planets being in the wrong place was was referenced in this because when they tried to get to the they tried to get to the TARDIS and they ended up in nowhere, mm. and then when they um, were at the junk, so maybe you're in the wrong junk um. planet. I thought the stranger trying to mess you around. Yeah, and I thought maybe that was some consequence, some ripple effect of what the stranger was doing by changing and shifting planets and messing with the universe. But that was never a plot point or any of it was going to happen. What about the timeless child? <laughs> Silence like, from the room. What's the timeless child? The, 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 bits, <laughs> the bits of evil rag that were floating around in the ghost monument. Oh. They can see... They see yeah. Ethan, the timeless child, so they, they get out of there somehow. Yes. Well, I've just pointed <laughs> out a plot. You, were you hoping for the more? I knew that wouldn't happen. More now. Wouldn't happen now, but I thought there'd be more references to it that perhaps it could lead us to see. I think if that's the seeding an idea for a future scriptwriter who really wants to go there, go with it. Yeah, and I guess that's like River. River's got a guy with boils boils of fear. She was always a guy. Yeah, she was in that David Tennant episode, and then she didn't come oh, back yeah. until quite far into mm. it. So, yeah. Mm. Um, okay. Let's talk about the timeless child now. Mm. The timeless child. The next one. The new one. I didn't watch the teaser trailer again. No, just the, the few seconds at the end of the episode where it's oh, the Doctor's Day and he's just because we're this is going to take well this <laughs> year and every year. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, well then maybe I mean we're gonna something is stirring. Something is stirring. Something is stirring across hundreds of years, hundreds of years of Earth history. The Doctor seems to suggest that something which she knows Graham Arkwright's name is Doctor Graham Arkwright. Everybody Leading thinks it's the Daleks. 
I think that would be very boring. And I hope it isn't. Could be a disappointment. <laughs> they yeah. can't be I, stirring I again. <laughs> I, <laughs> I hope it's a new evil long... Yeah. <laughs> long baddie. evil. <laughs> long evil baddie. <laughs> Something with longevity, to be, to be... Yeah, I agree. I don't think any... To be depressing. <laughs> Here's hoping... <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, you were sitting off. <laughs> I just want to be a bit mad. <laughs> <laughs> On that note.